Welcome to The Confessional Taco, a podcast exploring historic faith and practice rooted in the depths of Mexican-American culture. In our time, we want to invite you into the conversation on all things confessional, cultural, and hyphenated. My name is Marco, and I am a writer, a local pastor, and a preacher. And my name is Serge. I'm an educator, a musician, and a writer. And this is Taco Tuesday. to the confessional taco here we are in the studio with marco and some coffee marco you say hi hey guys hi marco (laughs) um so on today's podcast we're really excited we're gonna be talking about john wayne and pedro infante and the similarities and differences of what it means go ahead tell us a little bit more marco yeah i think uh man we're really diving into it but um i think more than the similarities uh, I think we're going to be talking about like the tensions that come with loving Pedro Infante and John Wayne as as a Mexican American. When you say tensions, um, where what do you mean by that? Like, uh, is the tension being in the middle? Yeah, I think the tension the tension is certainly being in the middle, and the Jimmy Eat World in the middle. Yeah, that, I love that song. It's a really great song. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's the tension of being in the middle. And I think the tension of, uh, as a result of, of there being tension in the middle, that meeting, um, if I don't love Pedro Infante as much as I think people think I should, then right. I'm not Mexican enough. And if I don't love John Wayne as much as people think I should love John Wayne, then I'm not American enough. Yeah. And so there is this, uh, similar to the whole Mexican-American living in the hyphen yeah. Um, conversation. This is this is essentially a riff on that. Yeah. And uh, and then thinking, yeah, I'm 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 always going to be in the middle of these things, and in order to be accepted, I have to have this dual love for for uh, that that this dual love that is equal in strength in order to be accepted. Which is the hard part. Yeah. Right? Which the is quality exactly of the strength in that in that in that love. Um, now, this is not something that you just came up with to talk about, right? This is something from somewhere, a movie. You want to talk a little bit what, about that? Yeah, it's from, uh, it's from Selena, where, uh, is it Edward or Edgar? Edgar James Olmos? Edward. Edward. Edward James Olmos yeah. is talking to um, Selena, who's played by Jennifer Lopez, and he's telling her... It's such a good movie. Uh, it is a great movie. Uh, and he's telling her... Um, we have to be more Mexican than the Mexicans. We have to be more American than the Americans. We have to love both Pedro Infante and John Wayne. And right. so, so that that was a very powerful statement, it I sure think, is. for the for those living in the hyphen. Yeah, I think it is, and and, and it's not just strictly Pedro Infante and John Wayne. It's tamales. It's an apple pie. It's Spanish and English, right? Like it's this living in the middle of these two massive walls. Um, where you're, you're trying really hard to almost, you're trying really hard to stay in the middle with equal strength on both parts. Um, you had mentioned uh, in the movie he says um, more Mexican than the Mexicans and more American than the Americans. Yeah. Right? And so why is it more? I think it's to compensate. Yeah. You know, I think sure. I think it's to compensate and on a slight tangent, I think that's why I appreciate that's what I appreciate about uh, not just uh, the valley, but border culture. 
because when it comes to border culture, like it's not Mexico, but it's not the United States, but it's right. these two cultures um, combining and clashing to come up with its own thing. Um, and so, yeah, it's okay to, you know, have a Whataburger and tamales. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely in the context of the valley or border borderlands, at least in this one, because they're all super different. Yeah. Uh, but where we're here, I mean, where we're at and here in the valley, like, I don't necessarily feel the tension of being more than one, more of one or the other. Yeah. Like, there's this uh, idea that it's okay to be a hyphen. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that, but you go two hours north, yeah. and it's like, holy crap, right? Like, what is yeah. this? And then my, like, visiting my cousins, or my cousins, even even my cousins coming up, like, yeah. I try really hard to, like, speak really proper in Spanish, and yeah. uh, I, like, make it a point to, like, put salsa on everything, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. To, like, compensate. Or when people from the north come here, y- yes. all of a sudden I want to be, I want to show them what real tacos are. Right. I want to introduce them to, like, Hoyas. Yes. Uh, because, manzana. yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to introduce them to, like, Hoyas, and I want to take them to, like, uh, the taco stands that are along the alley, yeah. some city distant in the valley. Five mile. Yeah, going to Five Mile in Alton, yeah. uh, which is like 20, 30 minutes from here. And uh, and so, yeah, I want to take them there. I never say, like, yeah, man, let's go to IHOP or uh, let's let's go to, let's go to Jimmy's Egg. I'm just like, bro, we need to go to Don Felipe's. Like, don't you, don't, be, uh, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. You know, or, or so when funny. I lived in Denton, um, like the first two things happened. The first places I wanted to know about were all the Mexican restaurants. Right. And so my roommates, Rotes and I, lived next to this restaurant called Mazatlan. And then uh, the Mexican market was uh, Azteca. <laughs> and so, and so, of course, I had to be there because um, I'm eight hours north, and right. all of a sudden, I'm losing my cultural identity. And this right. is within the first week. Um, and then, when people would take me out to to like lunch, they'd want to meet up and get to know me and stuff like that. Uh, I remember this one guy uh, who took me out to lunch and said, "Man, I really want to take you to this Mexican restaurant. I want you to tell me what what you think." Because it's one of my favorite hole in the walls. And he's telling me this with a straight face. And it was ta- Taco Cabana. Oh my God. And uh, and it was, to him it was a hole in the wall. <laughs> and then like a week or two later, this other guy's like, hey, you're going to really appreciate this. And so we went to this place called El Matador. But in Denton it's known as El Matador. Oh, and, uh, and so we went in and uh, you have the waiters there who have like their, their bow ties, the white shirt, right? And they're like... <laughs> serving you and being really attentive and he was like man why are they uh why are they so like attentive to you they there's great service i was like oh man there's you get treated like royalty when you go to restaurants in mexico they're just like man sit here we'll take care of you and but anyway that's that's another that's another conversation but yeah i remember just being in denton and one of two things happening either all of a sudden i need to quickly attach myself to some cultural comfort right um even though i was fine um (laughs) yeah i am changed i could just feel like uh all this whiteness and uh (laughs) so it was like i need to attach myself to some sort of cultural comfort to make sure that i'm still mexican enough yeah all day every day and you know roads and i moved into the apartment complex with all the hispanics uh all the what they would call the day laborers (laughs) 
<laughs> and, so, and so Rhodes and I were super comfortable there. And so we just needed to find some cultural comfort. Or on the other sense, people thought because I'd been there three months, I missed Mexican food. Right. Or they were curious as to, is this legit Mexican food? Right. <laughs> no. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like you had mentioned, like you felt like you were, you had to attach yourself to something, yeah. right? And so that's that compensation of like, yeah. if I don't do this and I'm not going to be Mexican enough yeah. and I'm going to lose it. But at the same time, like you also mentioned when, uh, like people from the North coming down, like, um, I feel like when, when I've been in that experience, like I do want to share like the tacos and all that good stuff, but I also, um, like my character changes yes like um like i want to assure them that like yes we're eating tacos but man i can speak really proper you know and yeah like even like the fluctuation of my voice like, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know the, the way i say certain things um changes uh and like i want to know like the why why is it that we have to compensate for those things why is it that we have to uh really equally love you know john wayne and why is it that we have to really equally love Pedro Infante? Like, there's there's a there's a pull there, um, and it's uncomfortable, if I'm being really honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but why? Like, is it something that society has caused, um, or is it just a tension of living in the middle of things? I think it's a culmination of a lot of things. Okay. I think, yeah. Like what, Dr. Marco? I don't know about that. Well, you're, you're going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. Um, I think I think in one sense, speaking from personal experience, like when guys from the North come and I want to take them to Don Felipe's and I want them to experience not just Valley culture, I, I kind of want them to experience... The pride I have for my culture and what I think they're missing. Okay. You know what I mean? That's good, yeah. Yeah, and uh, because I think, and I mean, I don't know if we'll talk about it here, but I know we'll talk about it in podcasts to come, because I think when it comes to the conversation surrounding cultural identity, um, racial or ethnic reconciliation, it tends to be louder in large urban demographics. Okay. For Texas, it's the San Antonios, the Austins, sure. the Dallases. Those those conversations are, um, I think, are really good. I think are necessary, but they happen and are a lot louder in those contexts. And particularly, the guys that visit us, uh, whether it be friends, church planters, organizations, whatever, um, they're predominantly white. Yeah. And so... I want them not to see what they're missing out on. I just want them to see what they're missing. And so I want my cultural pride kind of coming through by giving them the full experience uh, so that when they go back up north, they either have a better understanding of where other ethnicities might be coming from or simply so that they would better understand me. Yeah, I think I think that's one reason. Did, did you um? So you mentioned like not not that they're missing out, mm-hmm. but that they're missing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a uh, it's an aspect that they're missing, yeah. right? And yeah. so this is you, in turn, trying to help them understand yeah. the culture, yeah, better, yeah, uh, which I think is um, super important. I think it's super lacking, if yeah. I'm being honest, um, and so. 
like when they come down like it's it's almost like you you want to make it a point to say like this is who I am this is my experience and this is what you're missing so if you get this part yeah like you will be better off sure right sure is that, is that what you mean yeah yeah absolutely okay. I can I can look at it I think I can look at it from the direction of for instance community so when I lived up north um, I think many times the American church can equate community to a program uh, yeah. and only a program and down here, uh, not just in McAllen, but in the Valley, um, community, relationships, friendships, family, like that's a, that's a cultural value that, that has really, really deep roots. And um, while I certainly can't speak for other contexts, I, I do believe that down here, community is done just differently because, sure. because of how deeply rooted this value is. And so when friends from uh, North Texas or elsewhere come down, um, I, I want to show them what real community is okay. uh, in the sense of we are really going to be in one another's lives. Um, and not only are we going to speak truth into one another, but also we're just going to, we're, we're literally going to share our life together. Yeah. Like quite literally. Yeah. 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 I, like I remember, I remember living in Mexico and in my grandma's uh, property, it was her house, my aunt's house, my uncle's house and my, my other uncle's house. So two of my uncle's houses were there and like everybody just went in through one another's houses. Sure. No one ever really knocked. No one, you just kind of walked through. Casa, casa. Yeah. And they kind of just welcomed you and you, you did your stuff. And even now, so my parents still live in the house that, that my brothers and I grew up in. Um, I don't call my parents ahead of time to let them know that I'm going over. Right. I just unlock the just, door and right. I walk in and yeah. I, I'll hang out. I'll see my dad, my mom or whatever. And so, um, I don't think that's only, uh, you know, a Hispanic trait but i do think that's a that's a cultural value and so um through community i want to exploit that and i want to create that and so but if i want to create that i need to model that and so um yeah when when friends come down i want them to be able to see like hey man it's it's not always formal right Uh, it's not always an event it might look like an event because there's 12 people at my house uh but they're actually three of those guys are actually working on their college project this guy's actually just trying to get a nap. Like I, I right. want that happening um, because it's a cultural value. It's something that we deem uh, significant here in the yeah. Valley. And uh, I mean, so I want to, I want to exploit that. I want to show you what that looks like uh, so that you get it. Because yes. um, again, I think when I was, when I was using Denton as an example, when I was in Denton and Rhodes and I lived in this like complex that was mainly with other Hispanics, like they, they all hung out to, with one another. Right. Um, you know, we would throw barbecues and like they would come out and just hang out. And it was like, you don't, we just wanted to create this space where we wanted to be around one another. The power of the barbecue. Man. Yeah. We're going to talk about that later podcast too. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, I don't know if that answered the question, but yeah, in, in, in part that's, that's, yeah, I want to show them what they're, what they're missing. I love that. Yeah. I think that, um, to bring it back to the, the tension between John Wayne and Pedro Infante, like I, I believe that, um, that society has a lot to do with that, mm-hmm. you know, like 
um, I almost feel like I'm being forced to equally love them both, right? And yeah. that's so hard, um, but it's like a forcing of things. It's it's a, it's a it's a push. It's a it's like tension and um, like I remember um, like a, saying for the first time that I didn't like Manulo. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh! Like it was like I told him that like Jesus didn't rise on the third day. <laughs> um, it was insanity. Like I, I felt like I felt like I, I lost a chunk of my identity because yeah. I don't like Manudo. Yeah. And I really don't. I think it's gross. You know, it's disgusting. <laughs> um, I don't. So if you're out there and you're like Manudo's the bomb, you're wrong. Uh, it's I, not. I actually really love it. I know, and you're wrong. I'm telling you right now, you're wrong. So just leave, drop it right there. You're wrong. Um, but it was like I, I genuinely felt bad that I did not like it. Yeah. You know, and and that wasn't a pressure that I applied on myself. That was a pressure that was applied on by people around me. Yeah. Like you have to like this, and I'm like, no, I don't. I don't like it. Um, you know, and so for Christmas that year, instead of menudo, like, they're like, here's your ham sandwich, right? Like, <laughs> That's um, awesome. It was not awesome. <laughs> People wonder why I don't like Christmas. Here's the story. Yeah. Um, you know, like, it, it was, um, all kidding aside, like, it, it was it was really hurtful for me. Because I felt like I have let my parents down. Sure. I had let, left my, um, you know, left my culture behind. Yeah. Almost. And, and that wasn't something that I did on, did for myself. It was this pressure. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you say that. So my wife, Rebecca, um, talks about, which by the way, if you need a haircut, call Rebecca. She could do that. She, she could really do that. Yeah. It's literally her profession. Yeah. She's really good at it. Um, (laughs) so she calls it like a, like that's a, that's a, we should get a sponsor. That's sponsor, right? Yeah. I'm going to tell her. This is your sponsorship slot. So <laughs> you owe us a thousand dollars per word. Um, she calls it the scramble. Uh, so when, uh, so the, sim- the similar response that your family had to you not liking Menudo, I had to her when she said she didn't like Menudo and she was like, yeah, I don't really like Menudo. I was like, how dare you? Um, <laughs> but so where the, Why would you do that? where the scramble comes in is she starts scrambling and naming other Mexican dishes that she does like yeah. to yes. make up yes. for the video that she's like, but I like pozole. I like all okay. these other things. Literally, legit. And, I, and even though she, yeah, even though she's doing that, I'm like, but it's menu. It's my mom's. Oh my god! How dare you? Yes, that's exactly what happened. Like I, and until this day, like when, holy. Okay, so until this, like till this day. When I tell people I don't like menudo, I always follow it with, but I love pozole. Always follow it. Like, two different dishes, right? Like, But I love migas. But, yeah. <laughs> 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 but me encanta los huevos rancheros. Uh, no, but seriously, like, it, I always revert to, oh, I love pozole, though. Like, that's my jam. Or, or uh, yeah, but then not like, pozole, we don't guaj- have pozole. guajitos. Okay, yeah. So, pozole or cojitos. Like, I'm yeah. like, but I love those too. It never works. It never. <laughs> people, no. people that love menudo are like, get really offended. Yeah. No, like, pozole is not menudo. I, I understand that. And we don't have yeah. that here. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to eat this whether you like it or not. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, like, it's hilarious that, like, it's 
that pressure that you place on her like that it's like, not pressure, man. It is pressure. It's not bro. pressure. I it's ate the. Sa- she pressure. gave me sauerkraut and I ate it. I didn't complain. Sauerkraut's gross. My wife is uh, half Hispanic, half Polish. Sauerkraut is disgusting. It wasn't too bad. Well, again, you're wrong. I mean, it's not like it's in my fridge and I eat it all the time. But if it's on my plate <laughs> like and she snack. gives it to me, like I'll suck it up. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is amazing. So, are you saying that that she now is expected to eat? Like my that. mom's at, <laughs> at least, least. <laughs> 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 she doesn't have to eat the manula from stripes from stripes yeah she doesn't have to do uh manula from anyone else's mom just mine <laughs> you're a horrible person my friend um so it's called discipleship <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> All that to say, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like um, society does play a big role in that. Yeah. And so in the same way, like if you tell people like, well, I don't like uh, football, right? American football. Oh, right. Right. Because like, I so don't. You, yeah, I know. You mentioned it on Sunday and like people are just like, oh, people what? were super offended yeah. when I told them to let the glory days die. Oh, I love that was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> Let them die. I loved it. I loved Let it. them die just like your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> your dreams are dead. <laughs> Let them go. Let them um, go. But but if you say that like a you don't like football, like people get offended by that. Yes, you I know? think more. Spe- or you make fun of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I was about to say. I was. That. That's more specific. Like yeah. if it's one thing you don't like football, it's another thing that you don't like or know the history of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, right. And so it's, again, and that's that pressure placed by society. Like, you have to do these things to to be considered American. You have to do these things to be considered Mexican. You have to do these things to be considered hyphen. Like, yeah. it's it's really difficult. And I think that's the thing that people don't really understand, that, like, the, the, the difficulty of living in the hyphen, like... Your, your brain is always thinking of two different things. Like, you're never just like, I'm just going to do this solidly. Like, no. Like, you you have to think, like, you start, and, and it's it's subconscious too. Like, you, you don't know that you're doing it, but you're always fighting for one culture or the other. And it's this ebb and flow. Like, I think you're either back and forth. Yes, I agree. And I think you're fighting, uh, like, you're yeah, you're going in between cultures, but I think you're also. I think there's this other pressure of fighting within your own culture to hold on to something. So, um, like when I'm in Mexico or when I'm around my family, yes, I want to be ultra Mexican, but I also don't want to lose my, uh, like, like for instance, when, when, when I have family or cousins that come up from Mexico, yes, I have this pressure to be like super Mexican, but in addition to that, I don't want to lose like a, um, the gift of education. Like sure. I, I, you know, I've sure. I've I've graduated or I have my my degree. I'm pursuing X, Y, and Z. Like yeah. I don't want to lose that because um, I want them to see. I want to impress them in the sense of like, hey, I'm one of the few that made it. Yes. Um, but then That's when cool. I'm hanging out with like people in Central Texas, um, it's the same tension. Like I right. want to be ultra Mexican because I want them to see that. Bro, I'm from the valley and yeah. all this other stuff, but at the same time, like you don't understand my content. Yeah, exactly. But I want to. It's almost like 
down here, I want to communicate my authentic Mexican identity through my education in the sense of like, hey, I made it. Yes. You know, like share this. I'm doing the exact same Yeah, thing. share this with me. Yeah. Whereas when I'm in Central Texas or North Texas, I want to be able to use my authentic Mexican mm-hmm. identity in the way to say, I've, I haven't lost my cultural identity. Right. Uh, and I can I can go toe-to-toe with you on theological debate. Sure. Um, and so, it, so, yeah, and it's, 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 it's this, like, you're, you're working against the culture within itself. Right. And that's frustrating. It is super frustrating, too. And, like, it doesn't come from, a, like, a, like, a heart, like, a prideful heart, either. It yeah. comes from, like, a, it, I don't know, like, I don't know how to say it. Like, it's not, it's not pride that you're like, hey, I'm going to show you these things. Yeah. It's, it's like, a, again, it's you trying to peek over the fence. Like, yeah. Like, a, it's you saying, like, we're in the same plane here. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is, this, I'm with you. Like, I promise. It's, it's this, it's this, it's this frustration, you know? Yeah. Like, um, so if you're hearing this, we're not being prideful when we would do that kind of stuff. We're, we're compensating. Right. For something, I don't know. What it is, but. So you mentioned like, I mean, we're, we're peeking over the fence. Um, how does one remove that fence, if at sure. all? Well, uh, first of all, we get rid of the government. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, uh, um, I don't know. That's a great question. I think that um, the best way to remove the fence is through conversation, right? Yeah. Like, so... Um, I think of like a like Boy Meets Boy Meets World, right? Oh like yeah, Mr. Feeney. Uh, there was a fence there with Mr. Feeney, but like conversations led to eventually, you know, going back and forth between sure. that fence. Uh, so the door was there, the door was open, it was never locked. Yeah. Right? And so, um, I think that through conversations, um, like legit conversations too, not yeah. like a like I'm here to debate or I'm yeah. here to, you know, just tell you how you're wrong, like. No, legit conversations to where um, we we both at the end, like at both ends of the table, like there's an open mind um, and then there's open dialogue with questions being asked, you know, and, and uh, most importantly, the, the, the ear to listen. Yeah. You know, and I, I know that I fault a lot in not listening. Yeah. And so like, I want to be sure that when we have those conversations that like I listen because yeah. I'm not very good at it like I want to be you yeah. know and uh, for the purpose of being uh, of destroying that fence yeah. you know the proverbial fence yeah um, and so I think it starts with conversation and ears to listen what do you think? yeah I think uh, I certainly think it, it I agree my coffee's I, cold sorry it's alright uh, I do think it starts with conversation I think um I think it's a conversation that leads into discipleship. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so like the way we define discipleship is right, meeting people where they are and and taking them where Jesus wants them to be. And so within conversation, what I think is um part of discipleship is is going to be relational. Part of discipleship part of discipleship means uh or let me back up. When it comes to meeting people where they are, that implies that you are inviting them into your life, into your culture, and vice versa. 
right? And yeah. so that implies um, actually getting involved in one another's lives over the course of time, and then and then growing within that within that time frame, um, so that there would be understanding, so that there would be celebration, so that there would be. Uh, and all of these experiences are shared, right? So that there would be shared, shared conversation. Shared. Yeah, shared conversation, shared experiences, shared celebration, shared mourning. Like, you know what I mean? Like all of these things are happening within the context of uh, sharing life together. Right. Um, and I think that is what the Apostle Paul is getting at in Ephesians 4 okay. between Jew and Gentile, right? Where he's pushing the gospel envelope of through the work of the son um not only have you been reconciled to god the father um, but you are actually being reconciled to one another and so through the work of the son he has removed the fence of separation for you guys to actually be reconciled with the father and being reconciled with one another and so that is going to involve you discipling one another and the implications of discipleship is shared life together right and and that invites new tensions but that also invites uh, a great deal of shared experiences right so the fence is already removed yeah the fence is already removed exactly that's the thing that we we need to understand like the fence is not there but we build it up right and so if the fence is not there already, why is it so hard for us for us to have those conversations, for us to share life like that? You know, and, and it's it's difficult. You know, yeah. it's difficult. I understand that fully, but like, why are we living as if the fence were still there? I think yeah. I think as you were saying that, I was thinking two things. I think one, because of personal experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, um, we could talk about um, we could talk about all of this practically uh like on, on the whiteboard we could talk about this even theologically and even come to an agreement right um and there is a fear that people have and a fear could be rooted in some sort of pride the fear could be rooted in, in a variety of things um but the idea behind that is fear of the unknown yeah there's there's personal experience that actually keeps me from moving forward in this shared experience or this shared life. So I think there's there's that. And I think the other, the other one is, uh, part of what, what makes me hesitant is that I get in my own head. So for instance, going back to the example of my cousins coming up from Mexico and me wanting to be more Mexican, not than them, but just be more Mexican so that I would be approved by them. My cousins really don't care about that. They, they love me. Yes. And, but it's in my head that, you're going to be disappointed because I've lost some of my cultural identity from living in the States this right. long. You become a false prophet. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't want to turn my back against you. So I'm going to talk about all of the things. And, and even with, uh, soccer, Manolo. yeah, sorry. <laughs> I love El Tri. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so, but they don't, they don't care about any of that. Like they, genuinely want to like all of the things that we value oddly all of the things that we value as like a church community my cousins value too yes but i've i'm like separating myself from church culture church life and family life yes and uh, and my cousins really are in the same boat of 
I'm, I'm just wanting to hang out with you. I just want to be present with you. I want to be available to right. you. And I'm thinking like I'm sitting there with my, you know, uh, Mexico soccer jersey and, um, <laughs> you know, sipping on some menudo. Yeah, sipping on some menudo. And, and I've, you know, there's, there's, there's no bourbon or gin bottles in the background. There's only tequila. tequila. Yeah. yeah. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> you put them all away. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. And telling Rebecca to use all the spices <laughs> on, on everything. Uh, yeah, everything, you know, and uh, and so there's there's not there's no uh, there's no crystal light in my fridge. There's only double chico, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my cousins don't care about that because they actually it's, like it's, crystal it's light. It's a topo chico that doesn't have the lime in it already. Yes, no. Yes, exactly. Otherwise, you're just lazy. No, yes. Yeah. Real. Yeah. Um, so funny. Um, so let me ask you this: in in what what is the John Wayne and what is a Pedro Infante in church? Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah, I put you on the spot. Sorry. What is the John Wayne and what is the Pedro Infante? Yeah. That's something that I've been thinking about. And if I'm being really honest, like, um, one, I'm not quite sure. And two, I feel like the stuff that I've thought about um, is not really, like, shouldn't be that separate. Like, I don't, I don't know how to put it. Like the John I, the John Wayne is um, programs. Okay. Not and I would say this like the the asterisk on that would be programs aren't bad. Yes. And this is uh, like one of the things that we've talked about before has been the difference between assimilation and discipleship. I don't want to right. talk about that right now. Yeah, that's the next podcast. podcast. Um, but stay tuned. Uh, like programs, I think that the John Wayne in the church is is programs, and it's not bad. Programs are good. Programs John have their Wayne's place. Um, right, John the Duke. The Duke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not it's, it's not bad, but I I think um, excuse me. I think like programs are when programs are the primary means of discipleship i think that's the john wayne like i have to love programs if i am sure. in the church not that i have to love programs but if i'm in the church or i lead a church or i'm on staff at a church i need to create programs yep. i need to create programs if because that is going to be what attracts others and then the Pedro Infante, I think, is like community-based, uh, like group life. Yeah. yeah where, where things happen organically and relationships develop. Yeah. And so you have all this. So that's the Pedro Infante. The tension, the hyphen, I would say, is the gospel. Um, because, okay. because pro- again, programs aren't bad. Like, uh, there are some really good things that you can do within the church. Absolutely. Yeah. Pro- programs aren't bad <laughs> in the sense of, hey, I'm going to use this. As an avenue, not the primary, but I'm going to use this yes. as an avenue to it's disciple people uh, so that they would grow in their spiritual maturity as they are doing life with one another. Right. Um, and, and the vehicle is going to be the gospel that takes me to and from program and life on life. Right. But I think when you only lean on, on one, you, you kind of miss it. That's really good. I, I know. Man, that is, hey. 
Good job, guy. Huh. I'm very proud of you right now. Thanks, man. I cannot be more proud. <laughs> I'm like a proud mom looking at her child smiling at the soccer field. Moving on. So, um, <laughs> I think it's really good. I th- also think it's really funny that you say John Wayne, like the American side, would be programs. Mm-hmm. Because it's very much true. Like, yeah. I remember like going to church in Mexico, like we didn't have, we had like escuelitas, but yeah. like that wasn't super, yeah. you know, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't program, um, like heavy. Yeah. It wasn't all. program based. Yeah. And then, and then the Mexican side would be the living life together because that's what we do, right? Yeah. Like, Cause we have no money. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just hanging so out with one another. Podcast where you talk about how the barbecue pit is like a big deal. Yeah, and yeah. So, the backyard. The backyard. Yeah. Um, and then that. So it's funny that you mentioned it both ways, like the American being programs because it's very much true, and then living life together, which is very much true as well. And, yeah. Um, I think the, the. I think you're right. The the hyphen would be the gospel. Like, how are we going to, um, love both equally? Yeah. And not let go of both. Either, yeah, because they're not bad things, right? Like, uh, right. They they can be. Yeah, can like be I think much. about a study that came out several years ago. There's one that uh, the more recent one will will certainly um, put the other one to rest. But many years ago, a study came out that that uh, discussed some of the top reasons why what uh, some of the top reasons as to not why people leave the church, but some of the top reasons as to what people are looking for in a church. Okay. And so even like in our membership class, like we talk about, hey, here are some healthy markers of a healthy church uh, or here are some markers of a healthy church. You know, we talk about everything from expositional preaching to uh, church discipline to discipleship to um, the ordinances being properly uh, observed. Like those right. are all good right. uh, markers of a healthy church. None of those were on uh, what people <laughs> look for. Of course not. Uh, in this study, I can't remember. I have to find the link. Uh, but it, it went on to talk about, and I've heard other pastors say this before. It's like, man, people are going to stick around if if the preaching is good. Yeah. And I think there, the caveat there is like, doesn't matter. Doesn't always matter. I, I don't want to sound. I don't want to speak in absolutes. But it doesn't always matter if it's like gospel centric, biblical based preaching. It's right. is it good? In other words, am I gonna am I gonna be engaged? So so it's not necessarily the pastoring. It yeah. Is the preaching. Yeah. Like, yeah. The uh, preaching. Can, is it? Can you talk to? Yeah. People? Is it engaging? Yes. Uh, number two, it's gonna be kids ministry. What is there for my kids? Right. Uh, which I think is a good one. Yeah. Um, and then number three, I can't remember, but I think it's the next one was youth. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, it was, it was worship. It was worship. Okay. Uh, like, uh, but again, not, uh, how are you going to lead me right. to, to have my heart prepped and primed for the for preached worship. word? It's going to be, how good are you? Yeah. You know, which again, I'm not, what I'm not saying is you shouldn't be dynamic in your preaching. What I'm not saying is that you shouldn't practice or have excellency in the band or right. in your in this uh in this instance like there shouldn't be structure and order when it comes to kids ministry i'm not saying any of those right. but that is what people were looking for and they tend to be uh, like for instance um kids ministry or student ministry it it can be very program heavy because yeah. i think the motivation behind that isn't are my kids going to hear age-appropriate gospel presentations, the motivation for many, not all, but the motivation for many is going to be, uh, can you take care of my kid for the next hour and a half while I go right. sit 
in, in service. And so it becomes more daycare, it becomes more programmatic. Um, and I think like one of the things I appreciate about like our group life at Storehouse is we throw everybody in there. Because I've had parents ask me about their teenagers, even though like, I get to hang out with them on Wednesdays. They're still involved in our in our groups. Yeah. And parents are like, man, I got a, a you know, a 15 year old boy. What do I do with them? Uh, take him to group. Why? Because there are other men that he can learn from. Like, and he's also oh, wow. a disciple. Like he's. Right. It's not like a disciple's only an adult, you know. <laughs> a disciple of Jesus is not be only this an adult. Age and be this tall and exactly. Be <laughs> yeah, and so so something like that. Oftentimes, kids kind of get pushed off to the side, and it's like, oh, this. So this is are these groups just for adults? No, these groups are for people. Right. And uh, so anyway, so yeah, I think oftentimes some of the things many people look for, and I'm sure they have good reason, but oftentimes many of the things people look for are like. Programs, in other words, uh, they're consumeristic. What can yep. what can you do for me? Yes, yes. You know, and so when the church like like because we've told people this at Storehouse, right? Uh, right? Where it's been like, we actually don't have a lot of programs. We right. might not ever have programs. Uh, we do have some avenues, but the avenue here is to actually help disciple you right. as you continue to disciple right. your your kids or whatever. And so people are like, uh, deuces. Yeah, deuces. Oh, no. but like it's okay. Then you can go to another yeah. church. That's not that's not what we do. That's not what we do. We're- other churches you go yeah that's and it's totally fine that's good stuff i think that um to like close it out um i think i would want to say to those of you guys listening is um john wayne and pedro infante would be friends right mm-hmm. like i think they're they're they both would be friends i think that they both would knock down the fence that's already been knocked out and be friends and so let me encourage you to have conversations, um, you know, be open-minded, have an open ear. And I think that's going to be a big, like a, a big pillar in our podcast. Mm-hmm. Like have conversations. Right? Yeah. Conversations lead to, to health. Um, and so, I don't know, I mean, like, I think, I think for me, for myself, like, I know that, like, I, I'm tired of feeling that tension. But I feel like we're going to always feel that tension. Yeah. Um, and I wish like that our future, like our future for our kids or whatever to be uh, different. Like I don't want them to get in, like feel bad because they don't like Manula. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want them to feel bad because uh, they think apple pie is gross. Right. So um, how conversations, what, what would you leave us with, Marco? Pastor Marco, what what is our benediction? No, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think no, no, um, yeah, I think uh, I I think particularly in church contexts, it would be first having a gracious embrace of the gospel, uh, similar go. to what we were talking about. Yeah. Man, Ephesians four, Paul's getting at the fact that. The fence of separation has already been removed through the work of Christ. And so as a result, you are reconciled to the Father and to one another. So be reconciled. Yeah. Um, I would say, number one, uh, yeah, in the church context or in a church context, I would say that would be number one. Having a gracious embrace of the gospel in light of what what Jesus has done for you and and for us as as a family of faith. And then number two, leading into what you said. So as a result of that, as, as a result of um, 
pursuing reconciliation, that's going to involve conversation that leads yeah. into discipleship uh, that involves sharing life together. And that takes time. And it's okay to ask why, and it's okay to ask um, a variety of questions yeah. in an effort to understand so that these shared experiences would ultimately kind of come together. Right. It's going to be circular. It's going to be continuous. It's going to be um, it's going to be bumpy, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be bumpy, but I think you're right. I think it starts first and foremost with the gospel, right? Um, and then it leads to those conversations. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it'll be a cyclical, cynical circle of fits. Yeah. But and I think, I think there, are, yeah, that was really good. That was good alliteration. That's hey, nice. Hey, good hey. job. Thanks guy. I think it's also going to involve at some point, it would be the last thing I would say, and this isn't going to be like step one or two. This is like right. you're figuring this out. Yeah. It's going to be this like, um, I don't know, this this sense of vulnerability or transparency because not everything is going to be understood right away right. or people are going to assume that you ought to be more offended than you should be um, or um, they're not going to be understood why you are mourning certain things or celebrating certain things. Like there has to be this level of and there, I think there are a variety of degrees, but there has to be this level of vulnerability for the purpose of, of discipling one another in understanding why. Right. And uh, in, in order to understand what's going on and why it's going on. Yeah. Um, and I know that sounds super vague, but but I don't know how else to kind of articulate that. I there, think that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, think, I, makes sense. I think there just needs to be, you need to have an understanding that there are going to be a variety of levels of vulnerability. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and so both cultures are going to be equally misunderstood. And so you need to be patient with that. You need to have humility Uh, with that. You need to have grace with that. Sounds delicious. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, This is the Confessional Taco. Marco, say bye. Bye. Surge out. Thanks for joining us this week on The Confessional Taco. If you'd like to follow us on social media, check us out on Instagram at The Confessional Taco. Visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Confessional Taco, or head on over to our website, theconfessionaltaco.com, and hit us up.